everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with David Penuel. Hang on a second. I didn't write today's Devo. You didn't, but it is our 100th episode, and I couldn't think of anyone better to join me. I am a very celebratory person. I feel like we we haven't ever had sound effects on Join the Journey, no. but this is the time. I, I think we should add some after, but I'm going to try it with my own mouth. All right. Like, there should be a crowd of people cheering. cheering. We made it to 100 episodes. And there's four of us in the Emma, room right now. you've been doing a great job. I listen to the Join the Journey podcast every single morning on my drive, um, Monday through Friday. I sometimes get to those Saturday bonus episodes, but uh, I'm, I'm listening and I'm so encouraged by what you're sharing and what the guests are sharing as they come in. It's really a great podcast. And I love the fact that we are reading the Bible together. Um, not just with everybody who's listening, but every morning at my breakfast table, reading the Bible with my kids. Every Tuesday morning with my community group, we're reading the Bible together. All of us are going through Join the Journey. It's a great experience to read the Bible, but it's even better when you read it together. So thank you for putting this together for all of us. You're so welcome. You've actually been following along with the journey for a while. Oh, yes. Since the beginning. Tell us about that. How'd you get to Watermark? When did you start really okay, studying God's Okay, well, I've been at Watermark for a long time, and I'm really excited to get into today's chapter, so I won't, like, tell my whole, the whole time. my whole journey, but I've been here since 2002. I led Wake, which is our ministry to kids in grades 6 through 8, for 10 years, and then after that, I led Shoreline, which is grades 9 through 12, high school, for seven years, and now I'm Watermark's creative director. Don't ask me what that means. <laughs> and you're also one of my bosses. I'm your boss's boss, so stay in line. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of my time, though, with Watermark students, yeah. um, today I'm going to be talking about 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. What but does that have to do with your time with students? I- I'm going to get there. Okay. Um, because 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 8, is sort of like the theme verse for Watermark students. And it's part of when I met Braun Brown, who was my boss for the first you know, 16 years while I was here, um, when I met with him, when I was interviewing for this job, we found common ground on this scripture. And so at the beginning of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 8, Paul says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. And that verse is the foundation for everything we do in Watermark Students. We have a team of hundreds of young adults that volunteer to lead small groups with students, and we cast that vision to them of, hey, like Paul did with the church at Thessalonica, you're not just teaching them lessons. You're not just sharing with them the gospel. Absolutely, you are sharing the gospel, but you're sharing your very lives as well. It's a very relational ministry for a very relational life stage. And so I love uh, these two books of the Bible, the church at Thessalonica, because Paul really gushed about his affection for them. And that's the kind of affection I have for our church. And I love our church so much. I do want to share the gospel with everybody, but I want to share my life with others as well. And it's a great picture of the church. So when we're looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the context here is this, is that Paul really loved these people. He spent time with them and invested in them relationally and shared his own life with them. Um, but then he got run out of town. Like the the powers that be in that town 
literally ran him out of like he could not stay there any longer. So now he's writing these letters back to them, like checking in on him, saying, Hey, I heard this about you. Let me address this issue. So now we find ourselves in chapter two of Second Thessalonians, which hopefully everybody listening read. And if you haven't, pause the episode. Read it right now. Pause and read it right now. Unless you're driving. I mean, you could pull over. Yeah, you could pull over, go to jointhejourney.com, scroll to the scripture, hit listen, and it'll play it for you. Or, or, yeah, you could listen to it. You could use your, like an app and read it. yeah, Bible app. There's so many different things you could do. Maybe you just have a hard copy of the Bible sitting on the dash of your car. And you just you're just a super Christian, ready to go any minute. But here's something else, just by way of introduction before we dive into the chapter. Uh, Peter... Uh, who was also an apostle, um, he once said something about Paul. He said in 2 Peter 3.15, he said, there are some things in Paul's letters that are hard to understand. That's the truth. And I actually think that maybe he had 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in mind, because there are some things that are hard to understand in this chapter. So as it opens up, Paul explains his reasons for writing this particular short letter, just three chapters. Um, and, and he had heard that the Thessalonians had become unsettled by a, a teaching that maybe even people had represented as Paul's teaching, um, that the day of the Lord had already come. Like Jesus had come back, they were left behind. They missed it. They're in trouble. They missed it or like it was coming and they weren't ready, but they were upset. And so this letter, specifically this chapter, Paul is aiming to correct that false teaching, like call it out as false teaching and correct it by reminding them, and here's the the kicker, of things he had taught them earlier. Mm. Um, And so he starts referencing things like, you know what I told you about the great rebellion and the man of lawlessness, and there's this mystery of lawlessness. Remember those things? Oh, yeah, and then this he who restrains. Remember, we talked about that. And I'm sitting there reading this chapter going, When did we talk about that? I wasn't there. And I don't have a podcast of Paul's sermons to the Thessalonians when he's talking about these things. And so when you read a chapter like this, you start to go down rabbit holes where you're like, hold on a second. Who is the man of lawlessness? And um, who is he who restrains? And when will the man of lawlessness appear? And um, I don't have the source material for all these reference points. So Paul's going, remember, I talked to the talked to you about these things, and he's reminding them, and he mentions them, but then I'm going, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And that is a place sometimes that we find ourselves when we're reading the Bible. And I know you have mentioned this before on the podcast, but there's three simple things I always do. What do you do? Observation, interpretation, and then application. And so that's what we're gonna do with the rest of our time here is just observe. So here's my observation when I read this chapter. Um Overall, he's saying this, hey guys, Jesus hasn't come back. Before he comes back, bad things are going to happen led by a really bad guy. Remember I told you about it. So the first thing I observe is, okay, uh, things are going to get worse before they get better, and there's going to be a really bad dude. Like every movie has a bad guy, there's going to be a bad guy. Um, But I can't figure out when I read this chapter alone when the bad things will happen and exactly who the bad guy is. And there's a curiosity about that, but there is not a certainty about that. And so this lack of certainty can be unsettling or alarming. So now we have to interpret this chapter. So what does it mean? The observation is, this is unsettling. Yeah. This is alarming. This doesn't make sense. How do we interpret this? 
what you have to ask yourself, what's the point Paul is trying to make with this chapter? And here's the point. It's at the beginning and the end. So he brackets all this part that kind of can lead us down rabbit holes about the man of lawlessness with uh, what he says at the very beginning in verses one and two, um, don't be shaken or alarmed. His point is to tell them something so that they won't be shaken or alarmed. It's to steady them. So then, yes, to steady them. And so I have to ask the question, well, how can I not be shaken or alarmed? Because I don't know when and who. And, And that's the end of the chapter, verses 13 through 16. Verse 13, Paul reminds them, you've been chosen by God. Verse, uh, later in that, that same verse, you've been saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Through the gospel, you will obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's verse 14. And then verse 16, the love of God our Father gives you comfort and hope. So he reminds them, you've been chosen, you've been saved, you've been sanctified by the Spirit. You know the truth. Glory is coming through Christ. God the Father will comfort you, and he is your hope. And so the application is this. Whenever I find a chapter in this book, the Bible, that I don't understand, I skip to the end of the book. Hmm. Skip to the end of the book. When it feels like there's a few chapters missing, like I don't know what Paul said. um, You go to the end of the book and here's what you realize. God knows. He has told us how the story will end. God already knows everything about rampant sin, evil men who will rise to power, all the persecution and distressing events that will befall the church. He knows what's coming, and he has a plan, and he has the ability to execute on his plan. He has always kept his promises, and he will keep his promises. And verse 8, right in the middle, is my key verse, and this is where we're going to end. Verse 8 says this, and then the lawless one, whoever that is, and whenever he shows up, the lawless one will be revealed, so we'll know who it is whenever he's revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So whenever he comes and whoever he is, here's what we know for sure. Jesus going to kill him <laughs> with the breath of his mouth, and he's going to bring him to nothing. Yeah. The lawless one will die. Jesus wins, and we will be together with him, sharing his glory forever. That's awesome. So encouraged. David, thank you for sharing with us. Happy 100 episodes. 100 episodes in. That's all we've got, but I am so glad we're on this journey together. Me too. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.